You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. All right. Uh, well, thank you. This is my hype guy. He goes everywhere with me. Everybody needs a hype guy. Um, thank you for that. Uh, first of all, this is, the, this is the end of the conference, so I know you're all tired. Uh, I don't know if you counted this morning, but I think we heard 10 messages in a row. So I know you guys are just like, please don't preach to me. So I'm not. I'm going to give you, this is the best session of the day. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to give you nuts and bolts. I'm going to give you application, things that you can go home and you can do right now to reach people. So let me start by asking this. How many, how many lead pastors do we have in the room? Just so I have an idea. How many lead pastors? Okay. All right, a few lead pastors that believe in marketing, good for you. And um, uh, the rest of you, uh, I'm sure your lead pastor's like, I don't really understand this, so you go. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, How many of you are part of a church that um, has launched in the last, say, two years? Anybody in here? Great, 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 great. How many of you are a part of a church that has not launched yet? You're about to launch. We have some? Great. Excellent. I love that. Uh, So I want to hit both sides, and if you're a church that's been established 10 years, 20 years, whatever, I'm going to give you stuff for everyone, Um, but I think it's important that we really take a step back when it comes to marketing. I'm going to use the term marketing. That's what we, in the church, we use the term marketing for branding. We use the term marketing for advertising. We just say marketing, so I'm just going to continue using that term um, today, and, and let's talk a little bit about how we can use this in a time, listen, we live in an era now where we can tell people about Jesus easier, better, uh, more descriptive than any other time in the history of the world. This is the best time to have a church as far as getting the word out and telling people about Jesus. So um, so let's back up a little bit. My, my wife and I, we, we launched a church in Benville, Arkansas, and I have some really good news for you in the room if you're here and you're a pastor, if you're, if you're about to launch a church and you're wondering, okay, yeah, it's another one of those stories where the guy was an evangelist or something. You probably didn't know my name before you came here, and there's a reason why, because I'm a nobody. I am an absolute nobody, and I say that in a way that I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm a story of God saying, I'm going to use a dude that people are going to be like, it had to be God for that to happen. Like, I know that guy. There's no way he started a church that's, that's done that well. So, Um, I was actually uh, a part of a software startup company in 2001, and from 2001 till 2012, I was on staff there, and we started out with about seven people in a house that was built in the 1800s. Animals would crawl under the building and die frequently, and uh, it was was just, it was ghetto, okay? I'm painting that picture. It was ugly. It was nasty. And we were, uh, we had developed a software called an electronic medical record software. So when you go to the doctor now, it's not paper charts. It's all, it's all on the computer. We developed that in the early, actually started in the 90s. And we went to market with that. I got hired on and we didn't have anybody to do marketing. And I'm in college at the time. And I'm like, well, hey, I could help out with that. So I started buying books. And I started buying these books called Guerrilla Marketing. If you're familiar with that, it's taking little to no money, a little to no budget, and trying to have a high impact. So getting creative with no money. If you've ever been a youth pastor, you know all about that. And uh, so so we started started this company. We start taking off. um, And when I left 12 years later, we had moved into a multi-million dollar complex. We had over 100 employees. We at one time were the largest medical record software in the nation. And uh, I got to be a part of that. Now, I had no education on it. I just had a desire and I had a work ethic to get after it and try to be the best out there. So we're going up against companies like GE, y'all. I mean, big time, endless budgets. And we were, we were beating them. We were winning. Um, they ended up beating us and now the company's out of business. But let's not... <laughs> let's. Let's end on a high note on that. So uh, I learned a lot there. So when God called us to plant a church... While a lot of pastors, if you're in the room, you've probably been pastoring, preaching, doing that forever. I had not. I've only been in full-time ministry for about five years now. So what I have learned is this. If you plan a church, it's likely, as the leadership, you have all the ministry experience you need, but you probably don't have any marketing experience. Yeah. And you can have vision and dreams all day long, 
But if you don't know how to get that out to people, then you're probably not going to have a lot of people show up. And so maybe you did launch small, maybe you launched big, and you know, honestly, it's not really how you start, it's how we all end. And so I want to help you, no matter where you are in the journey, I want to give you some stuff to help you out um, today. So let's start with this. Um, my wife and I, we went to a really upscale mall. This is our first time in, this, in LA, actually, and we went to a really upscale mall this week. And we're walking around, and they had these amazing um, kind of booth areas and vendors that were handing, handing out this new vitamin water product. And y'all, it was labeled so well. They had spent tons of money putting this great new product out. And uh, they had everybody's dressed in uniform. They have people handing out. It's free. They're getting a word out. It's a free drink. It's hot. Of course we're going to take it. It's a vitamin water. And so uh, my wife and I were walking along, and, and they're like, yeah, we've got, this, uh, we've got this peach honey flavor. What were some of the other flavors? Strawberry lemonade. Who doesn't like strawberry lemonade? Like, absolutely. And it looks good and it's, it's well packaged and everything. And we get it and it's hot. And I'm actually was really thirsty. You know, and when you're really thirsty, I, I hate water. That's a weird thing to say since most of my body is water, but I don't like water. Uh, but when I'm really hot and thirsty, water just tastes so good, right? Anything does. And so we've got this vitamin water. I open the cap and I take a drink and it is the absolute worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. It's terrible. She got a different flavor, and she actually likes that kind of drink, so she tries it, makes a really terrible face. We throw them both in the trash can. We had to give them our email to get the free drink. Luckily, I gave them the wrong email on purpose, just in case. Come on, you guys know you do that. And um, God forgive you. So, so what I'm trying to say is this. They had put so much effort, work, money, and everything into a product that wasn't ready. It was not ready. And so Sean just talked about that he hired a firm, and there are firms that are trying to hit you, they're targeting you on social media, they're trying to get your pastor, spend money with us, we'll create ads and campaigns and all that. But the problem is this, they don't know anything about you. They don't know anything about your church. And so before we can even really unpack some things I want to give you, you have to understand how important it is that you have a product worth marketing. Yeah. And so if your worship is something that you as the pastor kind of hang in the back until it's the message because it's so bad, then you don't want to market your product yet. And you may be three, five, ten years in. You need to make sure before you ever give anybody a dime to help market your church that your church is at a good place. If your kid's ministry, like if you lose a kid every week, you probably don't want to market your kid's ministry. And you may be thinking, hey, one out of a hundred isn't bad. You're right. I mean, numerically, that's not bad. But you, you've got to have a good program. If, if, if you're, you know, if more people are, are 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 losing their salvation than getting salvation in a service, then we probably need to work on our church first. So I want to encourage you to make sure if you're going to spend money, uh, invite a friend, invite a pastor, invite someone that gets church to come to your church. Be a secret shopper and help you see the blind spots. Uh, because there's this thing I have I have trademarked it, not really, but I call it the dent syndrome. And the dent syndrome goes like this. I bought a vehicle years ago, and it was, a, it was a really nice vehicle to me. It really isn't, but to me it was nice. And I loved that car. Have you ever got a car you love? And I kept it clean and shiny, and it was brand new. And one day, someone hit it with a golf ball, put a nice dent in the side of it, and it was frustrating. I called the insurance up, and I'm like, hey, here's the deal. And the deductible was high, so I'm like, well, I'm not going to worry about that right now. Three months go by, and a friend of mine, I was taking him to lunch, and he goes, hey, man, what happened to your car? It's like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, man, over here. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Somebody hit it with a golf ball. Something three months ago that I could not stand. I had seen it so many times, I didn't even notice it anymore. And so in your church, there is a dent syndrome that every one of you have. If your church has been around for more than three months, you are missing things. There are things you do not see anymore. If you have a guest come to your church, if you have, you should be sending them an email. Hey, thanks for coming. By the way, we would love to learn about your experience. There's nobody better to learn from than the guests that are coming to your church. If you have a guest speaker come, what did you see? If you have friends that could come, figure out what your blind spots are. What is the dent in your church that needs to be resolved? Here's why. That, that company that we got that water from, that vitamin water from, they paid big money for me to get that in my hand. 
And in fact, I, I don't know what the, what the cost breakdown would be, but I, I guarantee you, it, as a startup, they probably spent thousands of dollars for me to have that, me and one person, to try that drink. They spent thousands of dollars for me to go tell everyone in this room that it's a terrible product. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So when you go to somebody and say, hey, we need to grow our church. We need to get some Facebook ads out there. Come on, let's do it. You are paying someone to send someone to your church so that they can then go tell everyone what a bad experience they might have had. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we have to be so careful that before we market the product, the product is out of market research and it is ready to go. Okay. So uh, I want to start with that. Now I want to give you some nuts and bolts. One of the questions I get a lot of times, in fact, let me know when we have about 15 minutes left. Just wave your arms, come up here and be my hot guy again, whatever, and uh, we'll, we'll do some Q&A at the end. But um, one of the things that I ask, people ask me frequently is, what is the best avenue for marketing? Should we do a billboard? Should we do Facebook? Should we do Instagram? Should we do a mailer, right? The mailer's still a big deal. And that's really not the right question. The question we need to be asking is, how do I use every avenue of marketing to work together? Right? Because you're trying to create a brand for your church. And you can't do that with just one thing. Um, Strategically, here's what we did. Pre-launch, we primarily used Facebook, Instagram to get the word out. We, we, We did a lot of ads. We did a lot of that. And then we did um, a billboard leading up to 10 weeks in going into Easter. And then we also did a mailer then. So we had people showing up saying, I was driving down the road and I saw your billboard. And then I got home and I had a mailer. And then I got on Facebook and there was your ad. You guys are everywhere. And I was like, an amazing compliment. Because that's what we were trying to do. We're trying to create some brand recognition because we're the new guy in town. And so everything that you do when it comes to your brand, your logo, who you are, You're creating an experience. That's another reason why it matters about the people that come visit because they're going to help build your brand. And eventually, when you see a logo, whether you know it or not, your mind is associating feelings with that. So if you had a bad experience with this vitamin water and you see a billboard, you're instantly going to be like, oh, no thank you, no thank you. Yet, companies like Coca-Cola continue to spend millions and billions of dollars on advertising. Have you noticed that? Like, so, so we can't get to a place where we just decide we don't need to do that. I mean, if Coca-Cola is doing it, there's probably a reason why they're doing it and a reason why we need to be doing it. All right, let's talk about some other things. Um, strategizing, you, you probably know this. This is pretty basic, but I want to make sure I, I, I cover it. When it comes to spending dollars on marketing, you really need to strategize. So I'm not going to market in the summer when nobody's coming to church anyway, right? I'm not going to spend money trying to get people to come to church in the summer. Some people do series for that. That's great. But I would not encourage you to spend money to get people to come to church on spring break. What I would do is look at my growth seasons and leverage that. So we spend money just about every week, not a lot, maybe $100 a week just to keep some, some, um, some ads going. But when we really put money in is when we know Easter's coming, when Christmas is coming, when September, October, uh, when January, February, that's when I really want to put money in to any type of advertising. So strategize placement, location, and dates. Make that happen with your growth season. This is just a side note, but anytime you're advertising, it needs to be pointing people to take a step. It should just be like, our logo here. It's got to be a website. It's got to be learn more here on Facebook. It's got to be something that's sending people to find out more. And most of the time, you're going to send them to your website, right? So your website needs to be the best website in town. And maybe you're like, well, man, there's a mega church. Okay, well, maybe you can't be a better site than them, but you need to have a goal to be the best website in the city. You need to make sure that it is so easy to navigate, that the information is there. And by the way, your website is not for the people in your church. The website is for the people looking for your church. So don't create a whole big website about things you're doing for the people in your church. Make it an information page. In fact, when a millennial goes to your website, they are trained to scroll to the bottom and find the Instagram icon. And go right to your Instagram because that's going to tell them how 
uh, how alive your church is, how relatable your church is. And I have a lot I'm going to tell you about Instagram in just a minute. Okay. Um, all right. So your website, it's got to be the best. All right. Big idea number one, I'm going to give you two really big ideas that may change everything for you. And I hope it's, it's, a, it's a game changer for you. Big idea number one. Every marketing strategy should point towards a conversation. Every marketing strategy should point towards conversations. And here's what I mean by that. People aren't coming to your church most of the time because they have no idea who you are. It's like when a new restaurant comes to town. And you drive by that restaurant with your spouse over and over again, but you never go in because you have questions. You don't know if it's expensive. You don't know if you can take your kids. You don't know if you have to dress nice. And most importantly, you don't know if the food's good. So why would you go there? Because if it's McDonald's, you know what you're getting. But this is, you're the new guy in town. You don't, you don't have, you're not a chain. You're a church plan or you're a church maybe that's been there for a while. So you have to keep in mind when, when someone is driving by your church, they're doing the same thing. They may be looking for you and looking for a church, but they don't know anything about you yet. And have you ever had a friend tell you, hey, have you tried that new restaurant? No, tell me more. Oh my goodness, kids eat free on Tuesday night. You can dress however you want, and here's the best part, the food is absolutely amazing. Suddenly, every, I call it walls, but it's questions. Every question, every wall I had about that restaurant is gone. And now I don't have any reason not to go. I'm not fearful about it, because all I had to do was get on their website, but guess what, we're in America, we don't have time to get on the website. Do we want to get on the website, or do we just want to go to the place we already know? The place we always go. We end up every time because we didn't take time to research it. So now, a restaurant, if it's that difficult, in a church, oh my goodness, you could have the most beautiful contemporary building in the city, and people are still going to wonder, are they going to judge me in there? They could still wonder, are they going to have snakes in that church? Do I have to bring my own snakes? What, what's the... <laughs> What's the rule? B-Y-O-S. I don't know. And so you have to understand, when it comes to your marketing strategy, it's all about answering questions. I need to let them know this is a safe place. I need to let them know my church, even though I'm a white pastor, is not just a bunch of white people. I need to let them know, yes, we have kids area. The number one question we get in our church is, A, I'm openly gay. Will I be welcome there or will I be pushed out like every other church? And the second question is, do you have kids program? Like we put kids everywhere. We tell everyone about kids, yet people still don't know why. Because they're not taking time to get on our website and ask questions. So if they can somehow get a piece of marketing material in front of them that's answering questions or creating a conversation, I now can answer things, break down walls, and now I can speed up the process to get their foot inside the door of our church. Every time. Here's what we do most of the time. We need to do some marketing. Okay, Facebook said this is outperforming by 93%. And if I boost it right now for $300, it'll reach 20,000 people. Boom! Marketing plan established. That's done nothing to create a conversation. That's done nothing to, to, to really help someone understand what's happening in your church and why they belong and why they should be there. Look, it's scary. Most of you have been in church forever. You don't know what it's like to be gone from church, need a church, want to go to a church, and then the fear of stepping foot in a church because they may experience the same judgment or whatever happened to them the last time. All right? You follow me? Good, good, good. All right, some people are leaving. It's fine, you know I, know, I know I'm the last session of the week, so this isn't the big dog, but okay. Um, all right, let's talk about Instagram. How many of you are, how many of you don't have Instagram for your church? Can I see a hand? It's okay if you don't. I'm not going to kick you out. Just kidding, get out. If you don't have Instagram. <laughs> let me encourage you to get Instagram, but let me encourage you to do it well and make sure you've got a plan for it. Um, your Instagram needs to answer questions in the same way that we just talked about with conversations. If you right now pull up your Instagram for your church and you look through all of your feed, if I'm seeing a bunch of scriptures, if I'm seeing a bunch of quotes of the day, if I'm seeing a bunch of pretty images, here's the, here's the deal. Your feed, because people are going there to learn what's the latest and greatest, what's really happening your feed is all about telling people a story without them reading a single word. 
They need to see photos constantly of people loving each other, high-fiving, staged, whatever it may be. Our church, it's soco.church on Instagram. I believe we have one of the best Instagram Instagram accounts in the nation. And, of course, I'm the pastor, so I'm a little biased. Not a lot, but maybe a little. Uh, but I would encourage you to look at that and, and see how your questions. I guarantee if you go look at our feed right now, in about 30 seconds, you're going to have a really good feel of what you're going to experience on a Sunday. And I would encourage, yes, SoCo, S-O-C-O. By the way, S-O is for soul. C-O is for community. Pointing souls to Christ through life-giving community. S-O-C-O dot church is our Instagram handle. But it'll take you about 30 seconds to have a feel of what a Sunday is going to look like for you. And we live in a digital age where people look at pictures and videos all day long. Nobody wants to read about what they're going to experience. They want to see what they're going to experience. So anytime we're using Instagram as an advertisement to our people, we don't put a series graphic up. We put a picture up of something Sunday, and then in the text, we say what's happening. That's where we actually put the description of what we're advertising. We don't make, it the, we don't make the picture the text. We make the picture something relatable, something that's both hitting the people in our church as well as someone that's looking for our church. So make sure your Instagram has quality photos, a consistent look, and make sure it's answering questions for people. Make sure that they can see the experience and they can relate to it and they can make a decision if this is a place they want to go. Our Instagram is answering questions for people. The pictures should tell me the vibe, what the people are like. It should tell me if there's diversity. It should tell me if this is like contemporary or traditional. It should tell me if people are going to be friendly. It should tell me if there's kids, if there's old people, if there's young people. Like I should be able to tell that by looking at your Instagram. By just simply looking at your feed. Because like I told you earlier, especially millennials, first thing they do on your website is they want to go see your Instagram and see what's happening. What's the latest and greatest, all right? If you haven't posted on your Instagram in two years, delete your Instagram until you're ready to go, okay? All right. Um, how are we doing on time? How much more time do I have? 20 minutes. 20 minutes, okay. Um, talk about the value of... Let's talk about the value of, of Instagram just real quick. Um, here's how we got started on Instagram. For those of you that are about to plant, or maybe you're a new church, we started following people on Instagram, and we follow people based on who they would follow. So, for instance, we're in Bentonville, Arkansas, and we have an Instagram account called Downtown Bentonville. Well, anyone that's following that account likely lives in the area. I mean, there's a chance they may just have visited, but probably 75, 80% of them likely live in the area. So we knew, hey, let's follow people that follow that account. And that's going to help us find some people and get the word out. This is the gorilla approach where we were literally manually doing this. There's now apps you can get to do, to do this. You just got to be careful because Instagram will shut you down. Um, and so we started following people. And here's what's cool about that. You want to find out who the, for lack of a better term, the lowest hanging fruit when you're hitting and targeting people is this. When, when someone follows you back, that means they're interested. They have just given you the permission to tell them more. So we would follow people constantly. And if they follow back, same with you. If you have Instagram, someone follows you, you don't know who they are. What do you do? You go look at their profile. You go like, who is this? Uh, now, you can follow me, but I'm not going to follow that. <laughs> so same with the church. You're following people. People would see us. No thanks. But the people that would follow us, we would DM them. Hey, thank you so much for following us back. This is Gorilla. I'm telling you. This is how we launched with 627 people. This is how a year and a half in we have two locations. Because we just did this again two weeks ago when we launched our Rogers location. Same principle. Gorilla, man. Getting in there, messaging people, DMing people after they follow us. Thanks for following us. We're a new church in the area. We'd love to connect and have coffee and hear more about you and learn more about you. And we did meeting after meeting after meeting with people. And whether you are about to launch or maybe your church has been around forever, this is still a concept that you can use. All right, big idea number two. Big idea number two. When it comes to paid ads... Anytime you're spending money, paid ads, you need to know the demographic that you're reaching. 
You should never boost anything on social media because that means Facebook is basically going to guess who you want to reach. So they're going to look at all the people that follow your page already, and it's going to be like, hey, let's target their friends. Well, how many of you have 100% of your friends on Facebook live in your city? Like, probably not even 30 to 40% of your friends live in your city. So you're spending money targeting people that don't even live in the state that you live in. You don't want that, so never do that. You always want to create a custom audience, and you always want to create, personally, I prefer to just create a custom ad. Go in, start from scratch. Even though Facebook's telling me it outperformed everything else, don't believe that. Create something. But let me help you. This is a big deal. This is a game changer for, for probably all of you. There are three types of people that you want to target when it comes to your Facebook and Instagram marketing, okay? Three types of people. You want to reach Christian people who are new to your city and they're looking for a church. You want to reach Christian people that no longer attend a church that live in your city. Like they got burnt or hurt or their kids started playing softball or baseball and they just quit going to church. And then the third is people, all right, this one's a little bit, uh, a little bit out there, maybe a little controversy. The third category are Christians that live in your city that go to church and they're like CEO Christians or sit on the back row. They're not engaged. They're showing up because they're just checking a box and they have no purpose. They're going to church, but they don't even know why. They just have always gone, but they're not engaged. They're going to maybe a traditional church where their parents went. But you'll notice all three categories of people are Christian. Now, here's why. We have decided to use social media and marketing to reach people through evangelism. If I'm a lost dude, like if I go back to my 20s when I was far from the church, the last thing I was going to respond to was a church ad telling me to come to church. I have no, I mean, I don't care how beautiful your photo of the hands in the air is in worship. I'm not going to be like, you know what, I am so lost. I do need to show up to your church. I'm not going to do it. People that are far from God, people that never even been in church, they don't understand our language. They don't understand what we're saying. They don't understand the hands in the air picture. They think it's a rave probably. In fact, we've had some ads like that where it's real colorful and people are like, is this a church or a rave? Come on. I'm like, all right, delete. Uh, anyway, watch. Listen, here's what we've got to understand. To reach the people that are far from God, it takes relationship equity. Did anybody back in the day go knock on doors and hand out tracts? Anybody ever do that? Come on, where are my Pentecostal people at? All right. Let's just be real. I did that for years. I hand out hundreds, probably thousands of tracts to strangers. Occasionally it would be like a school friend. Like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Here, will you come to my church? It's basically me knocking on doors and saying, here, will you throw this away? Because nobody ever came. Nobody ever came. Why didn't they come? Because I had no relationship with them. I'm just a stranger showing up at their door. That's what your Facebook and Instagram ad is doing. It is just knocking on a door saying, I don't know you, you don't know me, but you ought to come to my church. They're not going to come. There has to be relationship equity to reach the lost. So here's how I say it. You want to use paid ads on social media to reach the people who are going to help you reach the people that you're called to reach. Because that Christian person that just moved to your city, he now works with people that are lost and he's building relationship equity. That person that left the church, but they need church again, and they need a place that's not going to judge them, condemn them, treat them the way that they were treated once before, they have relationship equity with people where they can be like, hey, I know you you quit going, you decided you didn't even like the church. I know, but let me tell you about this church I'm going to now. They have relationship with that person sitting on the back row that's not even active and barely going to church. They have relationship equity. So let's reach those people and let them help us reach the people we're called to reach. You are spending so much money trying to reach a non-Christian person and it's just not working. Will you reach some? Yes, you will reach some. But you won't ever reach as many as if you reach the low-hanging fruit and those are Christian people in your city. Now, I'll take it a step further. Men do not respond to Facebook ads. If it's a shotgun, yeah, maybe. If it's, if it's my boy's off-whites down here, yeah, maybe. 
But if it's a, hey, you men, we've got a place where you can belong. A place where your life could dramatically change. Do you want to find purpose? Then come on down to Cross Mountain Presbyterian Church of the Living God. One blah, blah, blah. He's not going to show up. They're not going to come. Because they don't respond to things the way that a woman will respond. See, when they see an ad, they see judgment. When a woman sees an ad for a church, they see their kids. They see their family. They see, man, we need some change in our lives. So let me go ahead and tell you that we have seen so many men come to our church. We had one this Sunday come up and say, I'm just going to be honest. I did not want to come, but my wife made me. We also played a video this week of a guy who was, a, he was, he was on drugs. He, he was an alcoholic. And now he leads all of our production team. And he's, he even said in the video, his wife drug him to church. And now the guy loves church. We didn't reach him, but we reached his wife. And his wife has relationship equity. So I've been told to stop using the term, use social media to target women. Because that sounds really bad. (laughs) So I'm not going to say that. All right? Um, Even though they're videoing me in the back. Um, So think about it this way, though. I know that a female will respond to this ad. There's an emotional connection to it where a man will turn that off. Doesn't mean don't ever do that. Doesn't mean don't try it. Doesn't mean, I'm just telling you when it comes to like Easter Sunday, the moms, they're going to respond. The dads, no thanks. I would much rather hang in bed on Sunday morning, right? So think through that when you're creating your strategy. Think through that when you're putting something out there uh, for people. All right. Um, so real quick, uh, my last few minutes. I would encourage you on Facebook, first of all, if if you're paying anyone to help you with this stuff, you should be paying a lot. Um, I I have talked to, I probably talk to a guy every week that's spending anywhere from $1,000 to $3,000 a month to have someone create ads for them. And yeah, they're getting some guests, but their churches aren't growing. It's because again, those companies and those organizations, they don't know anything about your church. They don't, they don't know what needs to change, what needs to happen. They just know how to create an ad and they know how to take your money. They're really good at that. Uh, so I would really encourage you to think through that, make some calls to people before you ever start spending money uh, on those ads. But here's some, here's some organic things that you can think through. Um, on Facebook, we love to create events on our Facebook page. And we like to, instead of only event, if you know this language, instead of only event, having an event photo, I like to shoot a 30 to 60 second video of me talking about what it is. Uh, Or for instance, we're having our women's event uh, tomorrow night. It's our first one ever. My wife's leading it and it's called Crowned. And so she created a video talking about what Crowned is with B-roll showing what you can expect. So we're answering questions instead of having to read about it. It's a quick 30 to 60 second video sharing what it is and letting them see what it's going to be like. So real quick and easy. And now they have an option to click interested or going or share it. And uh, let me back up a little bit. In your church, if you're not talking about to all of your congregation, all your people, all your team, all your leaders especially. Like our team, they, our lead team is required to post about SoCo every week. Like it is required to do it. They're going to do it anyway, but we want to throw that out there in case they forget one week. You need to make sure your church is talking about it. Like, hey, share this. Hey, post this. Give them quality photos. Give them the graphic, whatever you can. Get that out there because the organic reach you can have from the people in your church is far greater than anything you could do in a paid ad. You would have to spend tons of money to get the same reach that if you just get all your people sharing, posting, commenting, Get them interacting. Okay? Um, So anyway, we we love to create an event for a series. Now you can, about a year and a half ago, Facebook changed it where an event can be multiple Sundays multiple times. So you can create a four-week series under one event. You can go in and manually invite tons of people. I have about 500 people I go in and and invite every single time, the people that's in our church. And then they get the notification. They go share it. They tell other people. And we get the word out because people are busy. Right? I mean, how many of you, I, I, I won't even ask, but I know most of you, people aren't showing up to your church every Sunday. They're coming like, I think the average is now like, um, like 1.8 times a, a, a month the regular attendee comes to church now. 
And so we've got to use what we have to help get the word out. Let them know there's a purpose and a reason and a reminder. People forget to come to church. I'm not even kidding. It's crazy. Uh, I haven't yet, but a day could come. All right. Um, I want to wrap up with just a couple other quick things. Let me see. I think a really great thing you can do, talking about nuts and bolts, you don't have to have the greatest photographer in your church, but you need to have good photography, like good, consistent photography. Um, And then take 8 to 20 photos and create on Instagram and Facebook a photo recap of your weekend. Let people see what happened. People love photos of themselves. People love to see themselves. People love if it's a photo of them and their kid walking out or walking into church. We see it all the time. People make that their profile pictures. Or they tag themselves. Or they tag a friend. Or they, and now all their friends are seeing it. So what we're doing is, yeah, we want people to see the weekend. But really, it's, we're tricking our people into helping us have a much more organic reach than if we were not to do that. So a very simple thing you can do. Um, I will say this, churches are one of the most difficult places to take photos because you've got low light, then the lights come up, then you've got the lobby fluorescence, then you've got the sunshine outside. So we've had like some of the best of the best wedding photographers start volunteering and they're like, man, I can't get my photo. You know, I'm used to being in one light setting. I don't know about this low light thing. So it is challenging. What I would recommend, if you don't have a great photographer, maybe you have a young person getting started, go find a great photographer in your city Hire them to come in on a Sunday and train a few people on your team. Spend the money there. You you will find that that will go a long ways in uh, growing some of the young people in your church. All right. Um, Same with videography. Video doesn't have to be the best, but it still has to be good because what we can do on an iPhone now, even an amateur is making good video. So you've got to at least be good in your video. I would say this too, uh, know your audience. Facebook is is kind of the 30, 35 and up. Instagram is the 30, 35 and under. So sometimes when we, we post, we're posting one thing for a Facebook audience and something else for an Instagram audience. Because a 25 year old is gonna respond way different than a 45 year old married person. So make sure you think through that. It's not always the case, but depending on what you're putting out there, it's something to to consider. Um, I have a few resources. I always like to give or tell people about resources that I think work well. So if you want to write these down, I have tons of them, but these are some of the, the, the core ones that helped us out in the early days and now. First one is this, Google nonprofits. If you have a 501c3, it's a little bit of a pain. You can go Google how to Google how to do this, um, but you can get Google for nonprofits. It, it allows you to have a domain, your domain for your website for us, like Brad at Soco.Church is my email. So it hosts all that, and uh, we don't pay anything. We're not paying GoDaddy or anyone for email hosting or uh, or anything. It's all free through uh, Google nonprofits. It also allows us to share all our documents for our organization. Uh, we use Google Documents for everything, but it's it's normally I want to say like eight to fifteen dollars a person, and you can have as many accounts for free as you want. And if you have that five hundred one c three, they'll give it all to you. Uh, this one is called um, Instazood. I N S T A Z O O D. So Instazood is what I use now. When I used to manually DM everyone, now I use Instazood, and it will. If you go follow us right now on Instagram, you're going to get a message. I didn't do that while I was up here. That was actually Instazoo doing that. So we script it in a way that doesn't feel like a bot or, or mechanical. We want it to feel personalized. But anytime someone follows us, Instazoo automatically sends this DM to that person. And I just want to go ahead and, and maybe you've heard of this. I want to say that I think we started this, okay? I just got to give myself credit that we are the ones that invented this and got this going, and now it's a big deal. But in the church, go ahead, give Brad, Hatt- Brad Hampton credit for, for this. Um, Instazoot. So it's like 30 bucks a month. Let me just warn you, it, it does have the ability to go follow people and unfollow. Instagram is really tightening things up. If they feel like you're not a real person, that you're a bot, if they feel like this is an automated process of following and unfollowing, not DMing, Following and unfollowing, they will shut you down. We have some friends that got hacked that have a a boutique. It's all online. She had, how many followers did she have? 
20, 30,000 followers. That's how they made a living. Someone hacked them and started sending stuff out. Instagram shut them down and would not give her account back to her. Lost it all. And that's years of getting followers. So you just gotta be really careful with Instagram because they are fighting a lot of spammers. Um, but uh, Instazoot's a great product for AutoDM. Uh, there's also, if you wanna schedule Instagram posts, I think Instazoot will do that, but we always used, it's called Only, only Pult, O-N-L-Y. P-U-L-T, it allows you to schedule out your Instagram posts. Um, if, if you're not planning out your week and your posts, that's something to really consider doing. Our creative team kind of works on that on Monday and they schedule those out for the week because at the beginning, our creative director, it's like five and she's at dinner and she's like, oh, hang on, I gotta go post. Like, no, don't do that. Like schedule out a plan, set it all up and then rest easy the rest of the week. Um, we recently started doing something uh, for first-time guests, and it's through um, something called churchhero.com. You may use this already or have heard of it. It's pretty inexpensive, but it allows people to plan their visit in a way that's a little more automated than just creating a form on your own website. So what it does is, is it's, it's hosted on their site, but you put it's very simple to get the code on your site. And so it pops up. It stays on your website no matter what page they go to. It's just right there. Plan your visit. They click on it. It just asks basic info. What's your first name, phone number, email? Submit what service are you going to? It lets you do multi-campus. You pick those things. And then it automatically sends reminders to them. It will text them like a day out and say, hey, just a reminder, we can't wait to see you at SoCo tomorrow at our 8 a.m. in Bentonville. And then an hour before the service, hey, we can't wait to see you in an hour. We're, we're waiting for you, whatever. You can put all that script in there and everything. But it also links up with, um, with uh, MailChimp. So it automatically sends those emails into our weekly newsletter. So we have another point of contact there without us ever really having to touch anything. Uh, so anyway, just something we really like that, that has worked well. Uh, and then MailChimp. You want to market to the people that attend your church? MailChimp. It's free until you get, I don't know how many subscribers, tons. But you can send out, we send a weekly email out. And it's three things. It's the quick and easy, what are the three big things going on? And then, of course, always a link on how to give. <laughs> That's always got to be in the bottom. But uh, I would encourage you to do that. Send that to your people. Let that be the thing that you're using to market to the people that attend your church and clean up your website, clean up how you're posting on social media. Uh, I'll close with this. If you want people to see what you're doing on Instagram, specifically Facebook is getting there as well, you have to be active. If you're not creating content, that people are actively uh, commenting on, posting on, liking. If you're, not, if you're not regularly posting, if you're not putting stories out there, then you're not telling Instagram that you're a valuable, you're a valuable uh, account. And if, if, if Instagram sees no one's really interacting with you, like we have, what may we have like 11,600 followers on, face, on Instagram, even though we have that many people, if we weren't posting regularly or at least posting content that people are interacting with, letting Instagram algorithms know, hey, we do like this. Like, we want to see more of this. Have you noticed that? Like, I, I like shoes, okay? So if I go on Instagram, it's going to show me a lot of NBA stuff. It's going to show me a lot of shoes. It's going to show me what it thinks I'm looking for, right? They've got it down to a science. So if you create content that people are interacting with, then it's telling Instagram, hey, people want to see this, and it's going to put your stuff up there. Otherwise, you could post all day long, and if there's no interaction, no one's seeing it. If you're like, man, we've got 5,000 followers, and we're getting like six likes on a post, it's because you're not creating content that people are interacting with. And because they're not interacting, Instagram's like, let's put this way down here. Like the stories, right? The stories that pop up are the people that you look at their stories the most. So you need to create content. So don't just post a great post. Occasionally do something like, hey, what's your favorite worship song? Hey, I don't know about you, but uh, it's been an awesome summer. What was your favorite series? Get people commenting. We actually tried something we saw, I think Hillsong do, and we posted something saying, Instagram has changed up their algorithm. We need to get interaction so that we can stay in front of you. Please comment and like 
this post. And we got hundreds and hundreds of posts, hundreds and hundreds of comments just to try to break that algorithm. You know, you just got to try stuff to make sure that your content comes across valuable. All right? And that is all I have. You guys are awesome. We're going to do some Q&A. Great. I feel like a bad friend, but I didn't like that post. You didn't? You just looked at it? Thank you. Thank you hey, for that. Hey, let me start the questions. Uh, speaking to SEO, if you have any um, experience on that, is that something we should be concerned about? Yeah. Uh, it's something, if you're a new church, a small church, I would start with trying to be as organic in things as possible. SEO is such a challenging thing. It's something that you just about have to hire it out uh, to get it done right. I mean, great companies have a team that are working on that daily. Like, that is their full-time job is to keep up. So if there's, a, if there's 20 churches in your city that have been around forever and they've got tons of clickbacks and they've got people that have worked on that, even if their website's not great and not really efficiently set up for SEO, just the longevity and just the interaction it's had forever will automatically keep it placed above yours. So where you can win is on things like social media, creating great content that reaches the right audience and pointing them to your website. And eventually that'll continue to grow uh, your your website rankings. Yeah. Right, let's open up for questions. We'll start right here. Uh, one thing. If you don't mind using my mic, I got Thank you. Yeah, best session so far, right? I'd say so. Yeah. Did you guys did, did you guys hear that? Okay. <laughs> best session so far. Thank you. <laughs> uh, leading up to church launch, uh, what custom audiences are you building? Same as the ones I just mentioned, man. I'm I'm going after. Well, let me give you some more. Um, uh, we were going after female audiences age 16 to 55, and anytime. So if you if you're pre-launch, let me just tell you what the grind was like. We were creating startup party uh, event pages on Facebook, and then we were targeting to the female audience 16. 16. Why? Because 16 year olds thought what we were doing looked great. We had a number of teenagers brought their families and their families were like, my kids never even liked church. They've been following you on social media and made us come check this out. So we started with a younger audience. But then here's, here's how much of, of, of the guerrilla marketing approach we took. On Facebook, if someone clicked interested in something or liked something, we would add them as a friend, wait for them to accept our friendship if they would, and then we had a copy and pasted message that we would email them, inviting them to meet me and my wife. I mean, we, we like went hard. I spent hours and hours and hours, and we ended up with 153 people on our launch team because of the fact that we work. People are always like, man, you just, uh, God just blessed you. I'm like, yeah, he did, but he also, he blessed us to work really, really hard, really, really hard. So we grinded because I, I didn't show up in Bentonville and like hundreds of people come. You know, people weren't just sending teams to help me and moving it. We worked hard to get every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the campaign setup, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, are you largely uh, leveraging like traffic campaigns, brand awareness? Are you trying to do conversion campaigns? So I usually keep something going that's small, uh, that's really more awareness. And so I'm trying to just point them to our Facebook page, let them see us and get you know a, another look at us. But when it comes to big events, like we're doing Crowned or like we just launched our second location, for that kind of thing, I'm pointing everybody to the event because on the event, we're now keeping people updated. I want them to see, wow, man, there's like, you know, what did we end up with? Like 400 and something people had clicked that they were attending or whatever. And if people see that, then it just becomes like this domino effect of, oh my goodness, this is a happening thing. I got to share it. I got to comment. I got to tell someone. Um, so we primarily focus it on events that we're doing whether it's a series, whether it's Easter, whether it's something. And then the rest of the time, we're putting just a little bit of money in each week that's just brand awareness. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I don't know if you know anything about um, Facebook Pixel, but retargeting, like that's a whole nother thing you can Google, but Facebook Pixel is a, is a really, really great way to uh, continue hitting the people that already showed some interest in what you're doing, yeah. Praise God, where were you before I launched? Um, quick question. Church planner, hustling, time is everywhere. Yeah. How much do you think is really an adequate amount of time that you should be focusing 
on marketing, or maybe how much did you do to Pre really do it to do it effectively? Pre I'd say, and now that I'm, I'm already in the church going, okay. like, I'm wondering how many hours did you actually spend versus a team member really focusing on, on marketing? How much did you put into it? Now I spend a little bit of time. Now our team does most of it, but I still, I love it, so I still find myself doing it. Um, but in the early stages, you know, year one, pre-launch, pre-launch especially, the, the answer to that question would be, I spent as much time in it as I wanted to spend uh, meeting new people. Like, I mean, that's where, because it was all about the personal conversation. What can I do to, to create a conversation with someone so that I can invite them to meet me and my wife and have coffee with them? And it worked amazingly. Now, I don't spend as much time. I give more of the direction uh, but they're creating stuff, and I'm I'm just trying to coach and help them with my crazy mind. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. So let me start. All right. So um, negative reviews. We just got our first yep. negative review from a heckler. We yeah. had tons of great reviews, but yeah. we got our first one. How do you guys handle the negative feedback? We're blessed. We haven't got one yet. Um, however, we do get some really rude comments on ads and on posts. We just we block them right away. Like, don't ever. <laughs> Okay, real quick, funny story. Uh, I, I had someone messaging me, really downing us, and my wife's like, don't talk to them, don't do it. So I started going back, and I, you know, I've got a little bit of a, a small temper, and, um, you know, they don't, you know, here's the thing, they have no idea what you've sacrificed. They have zero idea. They just see another church and whatever. So I started going back and forth with this guy. Another pastor calls me and is like, so, I see you met Dan. I'm like, <laughs> What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, Dan, whatever. I'm like, how, how do you know? He's like, oh, bro, I'm sure he blocked you, but he screenshotted all your conversations and posted them all over social media. And of course, I wasn't being, the, I was being Christian, maybe just not the most Christian I should have been. <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a couple of moments not Christian, but you need to, here's the deal on this stuff. When you can block someone, block them right away. And when it's something like a review that you can't do anything about, you want to respond to that review in a loving way. Let people see that you took time to respond. It's kind of like if you ever go to travel loss or not travel trip advisor, people say things and the owners of the hotel will come in and say, we're so sorry you had a bad experience. I mean, just go, your, your spirit is like, you're, you're wanting to be like, you jerk, but just go into like, we're so sorry you feel this way. Um, we would love to sit down and chat with you. Let people see that you are willing to go the extra mile to have a conversation with them. And most of the time, they just, you know, they're out of there. But yeah, sorry about that. Those things will keep you up at night if you let them. Hey, uh, going back to the beginning, you said if you're something like you, if your product isn't good, don't market it yet. Right. Uh, what, are, what are some of the top areas that you think that need to be at the top? Well, I think overall, the, the things that are free, your church has to be extremely friendly. And I always thought that was just something every church did, but I'm sure most of you have had people come to your church say, yeah, we were tried this church and this church and nobody even talked to us. So we've trained our team to watch diligently for someone that's in the corner waiting quietly, does, you know, not interacting, but that's where it has to start. Because at the end of the day, man, they'll, they'll overlook some other things for the sake of friendliness. And people aren't looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends so let's let's help them make friends. And the other the, the other non-negotiable is just kids. I mean, your kids program's got to be great. It's it can't be good. It can't be average. It's got to be great. And we're portable. We're in a concrete floor. We've got dividers up. It's loud. It's noisy, but it is so secure. We have a paid police officer standing there. We got security guys with ear things. I don't even know if they work, but man, they look. You know, they're saying things in their arms, and there's nothing even there. But. Um, it's a great experience. And you guys know that when a kid comes back and they say, mom, dad, I want to go to church next week. And mom and dad are like, we weren't even going to, we, we didn't think we were going to come back. They'll come back for the kids. So everything else has to be good though. You, you, you can't really be bad in a major area of a church, right? You can't like your worship can't be bad. It can be okay. It can be average. It can be good, but it can't be bad. And so before I was going to, you know, when I hear guys are spending fifteen, two hundred, three thousand dollars $3,000 a month in smaller churches and their worship's bad and they're spending that much on a marketing campaign, like, go hire a worship guy. Go get great worship first. So anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, you mentioned Instazoom 
There's a bunch of them. That's just the one I use. But the whole follow unfollow method. How soon do you? Because I personally, I personally hate it when organizations, churches, whatever, follow me just to get a follow. But how soon do you unfollow? Well, we don't do any of it now because Instagram is. Uh, in fact, our, our new location, we created an Instagram for it just to try to help market directly to that location. And about a month in, it was gone. Like our account was completely gone. And I got freaked out. And about a week later, it just came back. And so from then on, I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not even going to do this anymore. So I was using uh, a, proprietary, not a, a design software that was web-based that allowed me to somewhat beat their algorithm so it was timed where it wouldn't just follow follow it like follow two here and an hour later or follow three and then an hour later so it was set up to try to defeat that and even with that they shut me down for like a week and so from then on i don't recommend anybody use any software to follow and unfollow because they're looking for you yeah hi thank you for the session you're so welcome it was the best session of the day yes come on Seven on seven, try one on one, right? <laughs> you mentioned one way that you get people onto your email list. I'm going to you could share a few others to get them onto that weekly email newsletter. Yeah, any way that you're collecting data. If you're checking your kids in, by the way, if you're not using Planning Center, it's the absolute best thing out there. Planning Center, we use the full suite. It integrates our giving, events, everything together. It's not extremely cheap, but it's affordable. And if you're trying to use like push pay, you're not, you're not able to get all the reporting that you can get when you're just using the full suite program. So I highly encourage you to use that. But anytime someone gives, anytime someone checks their kit in, anytime they fill out a connect card, uh, sign up on our, our website, say there any, any, any opportunity you have to get people to put their data in, you need to make sure that's also got a second step of sending that data into like MailChimp where now we're sending out this mailer to them. And, and with MailChimp, they can unsubscribe and all that. And I just don't look at those numbers because I get offended when someone unsubscribes. So, yeah, good question. Yeah. Here, one in the back here. Um, what would you say best practices for posting pictures of kids? So a quick example, it's time for a Sunday recap. Photographer um, comes up and he says, dude, look at the picture I have of this kid putting out a snowman or whatever, it's wonderful. Um, can we post it on social media? Yeah. I look at it, I'm like, I don't know who this kid is. What should I do? Yeah. Um, so everybody has their own kind of techniques. We have signage up that says, by being here today, you've agreed to allow us to put you in photos and videos and all that. So we kind of put that everywhere. With our kids area, though, we do have – we really um, – we've really kind of hit this mission field of foster – families. And so we have a lot of foster kids. And if you know the, the rules on that, so we've developed a way with planning center kids to check in. There's something you can put on their tag that allows our photographers to know. But really at the end of the day, what we've started doing is using, we take photos of staff kids or volunteer kids with families or like if all the kids, like if someone came in the back right now and took a photo, it'd be the backs of all the kids and me up here. So we'll get them all like doing their activity together, but not necessarily their faces. So we don't do a lot of like two kids together or, you know, one kid. It's kind of like a way, just letting people still see what's happening. But then when they're with their parents getting checked in or walking out, if it's a, a, a volunteer we know well, then we'll, we'll use those. But here's the other thing. All the photos we take, we have a team of how many photographers on a Sunday? probably four at one location and two at the other. So there's probably six photographers going on. All their photos then go into a drive, go into Google Drive, Google Photos, and then we have a guy that edits. So his job or a team that edits, they edit, get them all filtered, looking the same, cutting out the ones that aren't good, and then I get a final product of a shared album of quality photos. And then our team that's posting, so the photographers don't really need to know anything. It's the people posting that are the ones that need to know. So our creative team, our creative director, she knows well uh, who our leaders are and who the kids, staff kids are. So she knows, okay, we don't even know that kid. Let's not, let's not post that. So I think that's the most important thing because your photographers, and they're going to be like, oh, I've got to get just the right angle, uh, get that kid blocked out. Just take a ton of photos. I mean, how many photos do you think they take on a Sunday? Hundreds and hundreds of photos. And then we have teams that continue to, yeah. I'll end with this testimonial. Um, 
be hired photographers as well in a new city, didn't know anyone, hired the best wedding photographer, and it sucked. I mean, her photos were horrible. And so I had just ran into Brad and asked him, he said, man, just, we use a few um, teenagers. So I went back to the Springs, our two hippest girls. The other day I saw a post from Heights, I thought it was so good because they took such a good photo and it was edited. I was like, oh, dang, that's Heights, that's awesome. Awesome. And so, um, you know, you don't have to have a photographer, iPhone 8, iPhone XR, does an amazing thing. So let's give it up to uh, Pastor Brian. Oh, thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed this session from the ARC Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations, and to register for an upcoming ARC Conference, visit artconference.com.